Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, pharmacists that look to pick up shifts from time to time, or that's maybe your mainstay, this is a great episode for you, Shift RX. And if you're interested in hearing more about what I'm doing with maternal health, check out www.rxformom.com. And reach out if you are a pediatric pharmacist or pharmacist interested in maternal health. I'm looking for others who are also passionate about that and want to help with some content. Or maybe you're also a mom and have questions just like I did. So reach out. Let me know what you think about this project. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Autumn Cushman, is the CEO and co-founder of ShiftRx. She started her career as a hospital corpsman in the U.S. Navy, working in hematology, oncology, and executive medicine, serving our nation's top elected officials and their families. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Information Technology and has experience in management consulting, bioinformatics, and partnerships with large healthcare companies and organizations such as Deloitte and the Department of the VA and the National Institute of Health. She most recently was with IBM Watson Health Meritive, which was acquired by Francisco Partners and working with MarketScan to compile clinical research data for large drug companies, hospitals, and healthcare systems. Autumn, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Hillary. I'm super excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit more about your personal life. Sure. So yeah, I started my career in the Navy. Um, I actually, I went to college first and and then I uh, joined the Navy um, midway through college and both my parents had served and all of my siblings are currently serving. So um, it was just a really great opportunity for me. And a hospital corpsman, for those who don't know, um, is the sole medical provider in the Navy um, on the enlisted side. And we serve with the military, um, with the Navy and with the Marine Corps, because a lot of people don't realize that the Marine Corps doesn't have a health, uh, they don't have a healthcare component. And so as a corpsman, you kind of work your way up the ranks and um, there are even corpsmen that prescribe medications. Um, but you start as like an EMT paramedic and you go through an LPN course and you can work your way up um, and earn lots of certifications on the way. So it's a ton of on the job training. Um, So I got to work on the nursing side and hematology oncology, which I loved. Um, And then I got selected for executive medicine, which was a super cool experience. So um, that is like top flag officers, Supreme Court justices, senators, congressmen, um, and past U.S. presidents and their families. So it was really an honor to be serving there. Um, And then I I actually got out of the military during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I knew that I didn't want to continue my career in nursing. So I was trying to figure out, you know, what what way I could still make an impact in healthcare, but kind of move to the business side. And I took a management consulting job um, and I started working with Deloitte and the VA 
um, as well as the NCI at the NIH on bioinformatics and genetic sequencing for cancer clinical research trials, which was also an awesome experience. Um, and then, yeah, most recently I was at IBM's Watson Health. Um, and that was also really cool. And it was awesome. After we got acquired, I kind of got the startup bug because we went from an organization that had 300,000 people to an organization that was 3,000 people. And so you could see how much of an impact you can make with less. Um, and so when ultimately I decided to leave with my co-founder, Leanne, uh, you know, for us, we were like, let's see how much of an impact we can make with such a small team. Hmm, very interesting. Yeah, I think people probably have heard a little bit maybe about the public health service and we've had some other um, people uh, on the podcast who have, have served uh, our country in different ways um, through healthcare, which is an amazing way to be able to do that. And thank you for your service and for all your your family uh, that has, you know, been made the sacrifice and, and done that. Um, search, certainly an interesting uh, path and a lot of great ways to um, develop your leadership and just hold a really neat experience. And clearly you've been able to um, pivot that into working for some very reputable countries. Uh, companies. Um, I think people are probably familiar with Deloitte and, and IBM. So, um, okay, Autumn, tell us a little bit more. How did you meet Leanne and how did you go from um, nursing, uh, working for lots of big companies uh, to creating this little startup that is solving a problem? Sure. So Leanne and I met in high school. Um, and we, you know, we were both kind of, we came from like working class backgrounds. Um, and her father and my father were actually doing chemotherapy, um, at the same hospital, uh, in Michigan through the Henry Ford, um, system. And so we kind of bonded over that because honestly, when I first met Leanne, I don't think she liked me. <laughs> I I'm a very like outwardly positive person. And she was, we had a first period together in high school, um, and she was would come in tired and was like, who is this girl who is just giggling next to me all day? Um, but I won her over and we stayed very close friends. Um, and we both kind of took the path of, of going to healthcare right after high school. So she started her career as a pharmacy technician um, at CVS. And um, then she ended up working her way up through the ranks and she was going to school to be a pharmacist. But after seeing the industry, she ultimately decided to change uh, just because of how retail is set up. I know a lot of people out there will uh, resonate with how brutal it is at CVS. Um, and so she ended up working her way up there and then going to Blue Cross Blue Shield as a consultant. Um, and for me, when I started in the Navy, you know, I, I needed a, a great way to finish paying for school. Um, and so that was like a no brainer for me. But I also, you know, wasn't totally concrete on what I wanted to do. And I felt like I need to have this figured out. Um, and the Navy was kind of a really great stepping stone for me because you get to see all these different environments. Um, when you're doing your training, I, I got to spend a couple of weeks in hospice and I spent a couple of months in endocrinology um, and you can pick up, you know, uh, weekend shifts and doing other responsibilities. I got to go out with the Marine Corps um, and second civil affairs group in Quantico and, and do range time and, you know, combat simulations. So a lot of really cool experience. Um, and then when I got to executive medicine, which was a, a very cushy job. So if there's any veterans out there listening, they're like, she had it easy there. I will not deny that. Um, it was a great experience, 
But at the same time, I wanted to figure out how to leverage some of those connections I had made to build um, a career for myself that was still in healthcare, but not necessarily in direct patient care. Um, and how I could ultimately have an impact on my colleagues in healthcare and also veterans. And so, you know, when we started thinking about coming up with an idea, um, at the forefront of my mind, one of the most important things to me was that we find a great way for active duty members, reservists, and veterans to leverage their skills for additional income. Because I think a lot of people don't realize when you're in the military, yeah, you have these great benefits, right? Um, but, you know, there's sacrifices to be made there, whether that's deployment, hours you're working, um, but also pay. So you're paid much less than your civilian counterparts. Um, there is a, a huge percentage of enlisted active duty people that qualify for uh, further government assistance. And you have so many of them that are not leveraging their skills uh, in a way that's useful to them and that are participating in the gig work economy. So I had lots of colleagues that were healthcare providers. Um, and as a corpsman, you can train in different specialties and and, and kind of like pick your trajectory there. Um, there's like dental techs and, and pharmacy technicians. And these people that I knew that were doing those jobs, these are well-paid jobs out on the civilian side a lot of times. Um, and in the military, you, you're maybe only making 12, 14, $20,000 a year. Um, and you know, for them, they're driving Uber or they're doing DoorDash or Rover. And mm -hmm. so they can't work for traditional staffing agencies because you have this reoccurring obligation, you're W-2'd. That's a huge no-no in the military. The mission needs to come first and you need to be able to deploy at any time. Um, and you can get permission to moonlight, as we call it, um, but it has to be like, you have to know somebody because it, it has to be like kind of an under the table thing, no reoccurring obligations. And they have to know that like, if you have to call off, um, the military mission needs to come first. And so when we talked about Shift RX, Leanne had said that she, she had wished that there was a better way to do this as well for pharmacy technicians. So we kind of blended um, our passions there to, to build this. Uh, amazing. I love it. And that you've got such a long-term, um, you know, relationship with your co-founder, which is obviously very important, um, working together and, and building something. So, um, shift RX, uh, you know, definitely, uh, fits the name. So you're solving, uh, a problem for pharmacy RX. Uh, we love to use that and then it's different <laughs> different shifts. So um, there is certainly, uh, I mean, you probably highlighted a part of the industry that maybe a lot of us aren't as familiar familiar with um, the military and um, the pay and um, different kind of pros cons of that, and um, you know ways that they're currently have been supplementing their in income, but. Yeah, um, giving giving pharmacists a way to to jump in and get paid, um, and then helping you know these independent pharmacies or other uh, companies who you know doing that matching, and we're in the gig economy, and um, you know everyone's like, oh, we're the Uber of this, but um, you know, tell us a little bit more about um, what sets you guys apart from maybe the more, um, you know, traditional staffing companies? Sure. So, uh, yeah, our name ShiftRx, it's a play on, you know, shifts, but also Leanne and I were both directly uh, serving as healthcare providers at one point in our career. So 
our, our main goal here is to shift the power back to the providers. We feel that the incentives have been misaligned for so long between providers and patients and, and corporate. Um, and so one of the big ways that we set ourselves apart is we're trying to solve the staffing crisis with a twofold approach. One is the, the realigning of incentives, right? And so traditional staffing agencies, uh, they can take anywhere from a 30 to 100% um, of upmark on what the provider is actually getting paid because they have recruiters, they have commissions, they need to pay out a lot of overhead there. And so we take all that away. Um, you, No one knows better than yourself on what you want to go work. Um, so giving people that easy access to open up a platform and see what shifts, what short-term contracts are on site. They can search by the states that they're licensed in. They can see if it's remote um, or if it's nearby and what the pay is hourly and also what the total pay is and what our take is. We think that full transparency is really key in this. Um, so that's one of our big differentiators. And then our second largest differentiators and one of the things that sets us apart um, from the current gig work platforms on the nursing side is the integration piece. We felt like there are a lot of people who want to pick up shifts or short-term contracts. There's you know working moms, people that are semi-retired, pharmacy interns um, that have their technician's license, but maybe they're not feeling well-equipped to go work in a temporary setting. And as we know, um, Hillary, and I'm sure you can relate to this, if you're understaffed and they just throw a new person in there, that initial burden is now increased on you to train that new person up to speed, which can oftentimes be like more frustrating than anything else. Yes. So we use AI and large language models to train on the facility's unique systems, data, policies, procedures. And we come up with a short onboarding module um, and right now it's it's pretty basic, but we're we're working on making it a lot more comprehensive to the point where we're able to even demo these softwares with the provider before they've ever stepped foot into the facility. And so um, we just recently met with Red Sail Technologies, which was super exciting for us. Um, and, and we're talking with them on how we might be able to collaborate together um, because we think if you give providers the tools to be successful for their shift, they feel better, we feel better, um, and everyone's much more productive. And I think offering that higher pay incentive as well, these are all great first steps towards solving provider burnout, which is really what's leading to the staffing crisis to begin with. Yeah, interesting. I love that you have figured out a way to, to leverage technology and improve that uh, training and onboarding. Uh, that is is certainly putting people at ease when they're showing up um, without having any information. And um, that's amazing. So one of the other things that you've mentioned before that, um, that I love that you all do is even that, that Uber kind of ranking system of the ranking of the, um, facilities and then of the, um, actual pharmacists and staff that would be going in. Tell us a little bit more about, um, how that works and, uh, what you've seen there. Right. So what we're trying to do is the transparency thing all around. So that's not just, um, you know, pay and hours. It's also keeping people accountable. So I like to make the joke, if you order an Uber and someone shows up and they've got a two-star rating, are you going to get in the car? Probably not. <laughs> and so what we want to do is hold both parties accountable um, because we've heard it from both sides. We've heard pharmacists um, who say, you know, I've showed up at this facility and 
there's poor management there and it's chaotic um, and I don't feel safe when I'm on the job. And we've also heard it from facilities where they say, hey, this provider came in and they had, you know, a bad attitude or, or something along the lines of that. And so what we're what we're working on is these two-way ratings where as soon as your shift is done, um, the facility leaves the provider a rating and the provider leaves the facility a rating. So if your facility has problems, everybody's going to see it um, and they're probably not going to pick up shifts there because we don't guarantee that the shifts are filled. Um, we allow the facilities to select, uh, approve or deny the providers that have applied for the shift. And then same for the providers. Um, and what something really cool that we're working on that we think is going to be really helpful is having these providers that have really high ratings um, and thanking them for, for being so amazing and opening up high priority, higher paid shifts um, mm -hmm. just to them earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Good incentives. Lots of different ways to um, use a carrot to uh, get people to do the right behaviors and things. So Autumn, you guys have probably started with the community pharmacy setting um, and are working with a lot of independents who um, need help. I know you've mentioned, uh, you know, rural areas. Sometimes it's really hard to get people to kind of fill in um, some of those shifts. Um, where do you see this going and have you moved into some of the other um, settings of healthcare? Yeah, that's a great question. So we are super early. Um, Leanne and I actually came up with the idea back in May and we found a CTO, um, Chad, in June and started building. And then we launched August. It's been an absolute whirlwind, but we are so thankful from the support that we've had from the community. Um, and so right now we have independent facilities and that's retail settings uh, as well as compounding, IV um, and then we have a couple like boutique MTM consulting firms on with us as well. Um, but we're currently in talks with multiple healthcare systems, insurance companies, some of these distribution models. Um, and what's cool is that we can really service anybody uh, because really like the, when they sign up with us and they start posting their shifts, we have people from all backgrounds already on the platform ready to go and people from everywhere on the wait list. Um, and we are live right now in Texas and California. But when we look at the future of how we want to do this, um, you know, we're trying to work with grocers uh, as well as like some of the pharmagenics. I think there's also a lot of pharmacists who maybe work in community retail or they work in one of these subspecialties that would love to pick up shifts in other areas. And maybe it's hard for them to find them because, you know, they get lost on Indeed or LinkedIn um, or an AI bot doesn't pick up their resume. And there's people that are curious about oh, what are the other specialties in the profession? And here's a great way to see it all laid out. What's it's avail what's available uh, and what the pay is. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, to be able to have, you know, those different training modules and things, as you mentioned is, is so great. Um, and there are so many different areas of pharmacy practice. So, um, yeah, being, for able, sure. yeah being able to branch out of that is going to be, um, needed. So you guys, um, are based in Austin, Texas and you've been um, kind of started there, but you've also launched in California. So where else can pharmacists, uh, you know, who maybe want to pick up shifts, how do they find out about you and learn more? Yeah. So you can head to the website, www.shiftrx.io, 
We are not ShiftRx.com. There is another ShiftRx, but they're a small like consulting firm. So sometimes I think people get misdirected to the wrong website. Um, but we have a page for providers. We also posted an FAQ page, um, and all of us are super responsive. So the phone number that's listed on the website is a real phone number. Um, everyone on the team has the Google Voice app, and one of us will answer or call you back. Um, we've talked to pharmacists at, at three in the morning and they're like, I thought this was going to be a call center. And I was like, nope, it's me. What's up? <laughs> and so, you know, we're, we're really dedicated to this. Um, yes, we just launched in California. We are going to be opening the platform in Florida actually here at the end of the month. Um, and then we're going state by state based on demand. So if people are interested um, and they want us to get to their state sooner, the best way to do it is to tell their friends and colleagues in pharmacy and get people signed up on that wait list. Um, Because we have to make sure, like one of the concerns I'd love to address here is we've had some people being like, hey, just open it up nationwide. It should be everywhere. Um, We are at the end of the day running a business. And so if if we open it up nationwide and pharmacists are on there and there's no shifts, you know, they're really disgruntled by that and, and maybe they won't want to use us again. And then same for the facilities. If we don't have enough people on um, and, and they see that no one's picking up their shifts, they might not want to use us again. So we have to be really uh, deliberate and where we're opening up and make sure that we have ample supply and demand on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Well, um, you know, Listeners, you've heard uh, from Autumn, the best way is looking up their website. Um, That goes for both um, those that own pharmacies and places that need staffing and then those who want to jump in. So Autumn, it's really fascinating. I love, um, you know, when we can have some disruptive type of models, um, you know, levering technology uh, and Yes. So excited to see how this will grow. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask all of our, our guests is what is some advice you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? (laughs) This is a good question. Um, I would say I would tell my younger self that it is always okay to try new things. I used to have this huge fear of trying new things. And I kept feeling, even when I was, you know, 18 or 19, I kept feeling like I, I, I'm getting too old too quickly and I, I'm not doing enough and I haven't figured out what I want to do. Um, and looking back, I mean, you know, hindsight is always 2020, 20, um, but all the different things I've done have, have prepared me for this moment in building this business. Like when I was in high school, I Um, you know, I bartended and I was like doing serving jobs and I was also building websites for people. And then when I was in the military, I was dabbling in photography and graphic design, but I always had little side businesses going. And so I was always scared all the time of what people thought of me. I'm like, they're, they're probably thinking like she's all over the place and she doesn't know what she wants to do and she doesn't have anything figured out. And then when I went into management consulting, I felt like I was disappointing my family because they thought that I had picked nursing and I was going to have this really stable career. Um, and I think it's okay to not know what you need to do. And so that's my advice for my younger self, but also for other people that are listening, I, I don't think it matters if you're 20 or you're 30 or you're 50. Um, I think it's okay to know, to know, to not know what you, what you think you're destined to do because, um, Everything could be a building block to what you're meant to do, but you're not going to see it until you're there. And I would say a year ago, I had this feeling of 
like almost hopelessness when I was at IBM. I I didn't enjoy it. I felt like it it wasn't making a big impact. I wasn't on the patient care side anymore. Um, I also felt guilt. I felt an immense amount of guilt because I was like, I'm in corporate now. I'm making great money. And some of my colleagues that are out there are just getting hammered, um, working crazy hours. They're understaffed. Um, it feels like nobody appreciates you. They don't know how to find some of these career opportunities. And so I, I genuinely couldn't see where I was going to go next. Um, and, I, and I think I fell into like this, I like to call it like a vicious cycle of like feeling guilty and then being like, there's nothing I can do about it. And you have the golden handcuffs. So you're just sitting there. And honestly, I, I, I would not think that I would be where we are now. Um, and it was scary too, because, you know, I left a job, I liquidated my entire life savings to put into this. And we were like, what happens if this doesn't work out? Um, and so we had dragged our feet for a little bit, but once we decided to take the dive, I, I don't regret it at all. And so I think, um, you know, to people that are listening, if you have an idea that you're passionate about, um, but you're scared to do it, 100% just do it. I mean, there's, I don't have any regrets right now. Even if in one year from now, ShiftRx is, you know, history, um, I, I will be so thankful for this experience. Awesome. Well, Autumn, it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Hillary. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.